it was it was definitely special um again i wish we could have we could have won when we had the the chance but you know i'll be forever be grateful for my time that i i spent in syracuse got to meet a lot of amazing people and you know again like you said i cherish that hi there welcome to the show i'm lucas Savali. it's great to be with you once again here today on crunch chronicles We've got a great episode lined up for you here, episode two. And our guest on the show today is former Syracuse Crunch forward, JT Brown. JT was with Syracuse as a member of the Crunch for a year and a and a little bit, a year and a month or so. He was with the Crunch in the 2012-2013 season and then at the very start of the 2013-14 season before he earned his call-up to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that's where he was for the rest of his time in the organization. There was a very brief moment where he almost joined the Crunch in 2017-2018. The Lightning placed JT Brown on waivers, and if he had cleared, he would have come to Syracuse. Instead, he was claimed by the Anaheim Ducks. He finished the season there with Anaheim. The following year, he was with the Minnesota Wild organization, spent two years in that organization, finishing his time in North America with the Iowa Wild in 2019-2020. This past hockey season, he played in Sweden before announcing his retirement this offseason. And now he's staying in hockey, but now he's joining the media side of things. He is the new television color commentator for the Seattle Kraken. He'll be partnering up with John Forslund on the television broadcasts for the Seattle Kraken. So we'll talk about all of that with JT Brown. But like we said, he started his pro career in Syracuse in 2012-2013. 51 games as a rookie, 28 points for JT Brown. He was a part of that team, of course, That went to the Calder Cup final in 2013. During the playoffs, Brown had uh, nine points, four goals and five assists in 18 games for the Crunch as Syracuse went all the way to the finals before losing to the Grand Rapids Griffins. But like we say, he started his career, his pro career here in Syracuse with the Crunch. It holds a lot of important milestones for him. Heck, he met his future wife here in Syracuse. We'll get to that story and a whole lot more with our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, J.T. Brown. First, thanks for having me on. And uh, right now I'm in Seattle, Washington. Sort of uh, made a, well, I'd say a job change this uh, summer. And I'm now the uh, TV color analyst for the Seattle Kraken. So kind of a whirlwind change for myself, but uh, I'm excited for what's to come. Yeah, congrats on that. Like you said, a a significant change, I guess. Retirement from uh, playing hockey. Now uh, you get to... Join in the media world, I guess. Uh, how excited are you to, to get started here as the season is uh, fast approaching? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Uh, there's a lot that's going in. I mean, we got the first part done moving out to Seattle. You know, that was a little bit of stressful situations. But, uh, you know, now that, you know, we're focusing more on hockey and, you know, I guess practicing and trying to get comfortable within the position, you know, I'm just looking forward to that first game and, you know, kind of get that first one out of the way. I'm assuming it's going to be a lot like playing, you know, the nerves are there until you get the first one out of the way. And then you just start to, you start to find your stride. Are you, are you getting any practice? Uh, in with uh, with John Forzel and your partner there, or is that uh, still to come? Yeah, so I've been able to do a couple uh, sessions with John. I've also been able to practice with uh, Everett, who's the radio play-by-play. Um, you know, just different times, getting used to different people, and just sort of 
figuring out who or what type of uh, analyst I'm going to be and just sort of finding my own way. Oh, that's awesome. We're really excited for that. And then looking forward to following along with Seattle here as, uh, as the Kraken uh, begin their inaugural season here uh, very shortly. Uh, I, I, we got to go back, though, to the expansion draft a little bit. I mean, that was a, a fun event uh, a couple months ago now. You were there. You were part of it. You, you, I, one of the highlights, I would say, was uh, you catching <laughs> that, that fish. What went into that? And was there any practice involved in that? There was zero practice involved. Um, I sort of, uh, when I got to the venue, was kind of pulled aside and said, hey, we got something we want you to do. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, no, this isn't going to be good. It's on live TV. Um, but obviously, you know, it's all in fun. I just didn't want to drop it. So, yeah, I just made sure no matter what, I was like, we need to have an extra shirt on uh, on the side just in case. Because if I have to cradle it and bring it to the chest or if I fall down, like going to get it, no matter what, I'm not dropping this fish because uh, nobody would let that one down. <laughs> well, you made the catch. It was uh, it was smooth. It was seamless. It was fun to watch. What was it like the, the entire experience there, the expansion draft, just to be a part of that? Oh, it was amazing. I think, you know, just being on the sides and getting to hear and being in different meetings and see what was kind of going into it, but to be able to see it, you know, firsthand, you know, all the work from behind the scenes that people were doing and to have that come to fruition was, it was pretty cool. Not only also just to see the fans and to see, you know, their engagement and how excited they are for, you know, the new season and the new team that's, uh, you know, coming to their area. Yeah. What's the vibe like in Seattle these days? Uh, it seems like there's a lot of excitement for, uh, for the Kraken and, and I'm sure they're ready to get uh, get to cheering here in the, the next month or so. Yeah, it's, it's very good. Uh, you know, just walking around or being around downtown or anywhere. I mean, you just see a lot of cracking apparel, um, you know, the supports there. It's definitely good. Seattle's a, a sports town. So, you know, bringing in, you know, an NHL franchise is definitely going to be good. And I only expect good things, you know, from the fans. Well, we're, again, like we said, we're looking forward to following along here with the with the Kraken over the next, uh, well, this upcoming season and then beyond uh, for sure. I guess we'll, uh, we'll start to uh, shift our focus a bit to uh, uh, the main idea here, which is, of course, the crunch You're on Crunch Chronicles. You're a former crunch player. You spent a year in change. For those who don't know, JT was here right at the start of the affiliation with the Tampa Bay Lightning back in the 2012-2013 season and then uh, briefly in the 2013-2014 season. So a year in change for you here in Syracuse. But when you look back at, uh, you know, just a broad stroke, I guess, to start in your your year in change in Syracuse, uh, you know, what, what are your general thoughts and, and what stands out to you from your time here with the crunch? Oh, I mean, I loved my time playing in Syracuse. Um, I think one big thing that sticks out is just how many players uh, you played with in Syracuse that ended up playing with in Tampa and how the pipeline has worked for, you know, that organization. So I think it's really cool to kind of keep those friendships and not often you get to play with somebody that long and then, you know, the American League and then transfer all the way up. So I just think obviously they're doing a very good job uh, there with, you know, the young talent that they have. So I think that's just one thing, but overall, I mean, there's just a lot of good hockey memories and fun times, you know, being had in the city of Syracuse. Can't forget I met my wife in Syracuse yeah, too, right? Of course. Uh, we're going to have to get to that at some point uh, here shortly. It's, uh, I, I would say that's one of the biggest milestones though, uh, when you <laughs> your time here, right? I mean, that's, I guess the most lasting piece of, uh, of coming through here. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's weird how everything works out for a reason, but, uh, you know, her being are going to SU at the time uh, when we were in the finals, but things just en- ended up working out perfectly. And obviously if I'd never gone to Syracuse, it 
probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it's uh, that's such a cool story. I know I was reading up on it again the other day. You you were talking online a bit. Uh, she came in right during the finals. Right, came to Syracuse and uh, and uh, you, you met right during the playoffs. Right, the first time you actually met in person. Is that right? Correct. Yep. The uh, first time in person uh, was a game. Was a game six. So when we lost, but again, still good, good memories. Obviously you want to win. Um, but I think just early in my professional career to be able to get a different taste. Obviously we, I had one in uh, the NCAA with the Minnesota Duluth, but the professional side of a full series and, you know, how long and how grueling, you know, an NHL season can be, um, you know, to kind of get that under your belt right away, I think was uh, really good for myself and, you know, the learning process. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, the first year pro hockey and, and you go all the way to the final. You played to mid-June that year. Uh, 2012-13 was uh, it was really an incredible season for the Crunch. Their their best season at that point in franchise history. Uh, it was, uh, like we said, your rookie season. It was a lockout year in the NHL. Boy, the Crunch had a, a really good team. I, I mean, I was here as an intern. I remember how good that team was. Uh, what, you know, when you look back at that team and, and, and that year in particular, what, what you know, sticks out from uh, from that first year in pro hockey for you? I mean, I think a lot of it was just fun. Uh, There's just a good group of guys, a a good city. Um, You know, the difference of, you know, getting on a bus and going on road trips and trying to navigate that. I just, again, it was a great learning experience for me coming from college. Um, Things were just obviously different, more, you know, it's, you're a professional athlete. This is your job now. So just kind of learning the ropes. I think Syracuse did a very good job of helping me, you know, along that way. And there were so many, uh, you know, not only talented players, but just good people in the organization. That's been a staple of the Lightning organization for such a long time. And uh, I remember being around, uh, you know, that group a, a little bit and, and how much the family aspect was a part of the organization at that point and still is today. Who were some of the players from that uh, first year who uh, maybe had a big impact on on you and your career, whether it was on the ice, off the ice, whatever it might have been? Uh, I mean, I I don't say everybody, I don't want to leave anybody out, but I mean, you know, there's just guys and you look at a guy like Neeler, uh, he was one of my favorite uh, players to be around, uh, not only on the ice, off the ice, um, in the locker room, he was just a, a good a good leader and a good person to be around. Yeah, he was always a lot of fun for sure. We had uh, I remember Dan Duva always had him on the broadcast when he wasn't actually playing the games, but if he was, he was uh, an impact player, no doubt about it. So uh, let's fast forward to the end of that year, the, the Calder Cup playoffs. Like you said, that was a, a heck of a, a run for the crunch into the, the Calder Cup final. He ended up losing to the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, take us back through that playoffs and, and what the experience w- was like for you uh, going through that playoff run. Uh, it was it was tough. I mean, again, like we were saying, I played until the end of June and that was the first time playing that long and, you know, staying with it mentally being again, like I said, where it was a learning curve trying to, f- to figure that out. I think that was the first real taste at like being so close, but losing. And, you know, that, that stung, it definitely stung. And they kind of, I think propelled myself and my mindset of like how hard it is to actually get there and to finish the job. And uh, you come back, you go through that summer, you come back the next year, you start the year in Syracuse again, 2013, 2014. Weren't here for very long, though. You were here for about a month or so. Had an excellent, uh, whatever it was, 15 games at the most with the Crunch. Uh, you had a pretty good line there with uh, Vlad Nemesnikov, Nikita Kucherov, uh, two pretty good names. What was it like to play with those two guys? And uh, it was Kucherov's, you know, debut in, in pro hockey in North America. He was just dynamic from the start. Yeah, they, they made it pretty easy for myself to play. Uh, 
I think I joked uh, it was later earlier this during the summer. I was talking about uh, playing with Kucherov before. I'm like, well, if I play with them my entire career, I'd probably still be playing. But you know, guys like that are so skilled. They're smart. Uh, they can score and you know, they just make the game easier for everyone they play with. So again, it was, it was an honor to play with those guys and to get on the line with them, but to, just to get to know them too. It was awesome. Yeah, I can remember watching him at that point. You could just tell he was ready to be on a different level with where he was in the AHL. And he got called up not long after you and was up in Tampa Bay the rest of the year. Are, are you, is it not a surprise, I guess, to see how his career has continued to really take off? I mean, he's obviously one of the best players in the league at this point. Uh, for anyone I would say who's been around them or watched him practice or played with them, they like we knew right away that he was a, a special player. Um, so to see him doing the things that he's doing now and continuing to do, like I look at, you know, having the whole season off and coming into the play, like being injured and then coming into the playoffs on how hard that is to do. Um, but at the same time, if someone was going to do it, it'd probably be him. Um, he's just a very gifted player. He can score from anywhere. And we've seen that night in, night out with what he's been doing in the NHL. We're here with JT Brown, our guest on Crunch Chronicles, as we uh, dive back into his time with the Crunch and, and what Syracuse meant to him over his uh, year and change in the organization here, at least in Syracuse. Uh, we hear so much about it from you know current players, former players, uh, everyone who's come through this organization. Uh, we hear from everyone about how how important how passionate how loyal the fan base is here in Syracuse uh, in your time here what was your experience like with crunch fans and and uh, and you know what was it like dealing with them here uh, I thought it was awesome a uh, very passionate fan base uh, you know the rink was always loud uh, you know part of it is the design of the building but I also think you know having a full sold-out crowd every night you know it made it easy for us to play and to want to you know give our best effort every single night because you know the fans were there rooting us on and giving us that extra energy how important is that for a young player you know when you're learning uh, learning pro hockey to have an environment like that where there's you know the, the fans are obviously passionate they they're almost demanding. They want to win. Obviously, that's been a goal here in Syracuse since the mid 90s. So to, to play in a place like this where, you know, some maybe some cities you can get away with not being great. But here in Syracuse, that's the expectation. How, how did that help in your development? Yeah, again, it just kind of goes into that preparation of, you know, wanting to win and making sure that even though, you know, there's going to be nights where you don't have your best stuff the fans are there. They've paid to come see you play and they want to see you when they're cheering you on. So again, you get that extra energy. You want to not only do it for the other guys that are sitting next to you on the bench, but you know, the fans that are there, you know, screaming for you on a nightly basis. We're here with JT Brown on crunch Chronicles, two years with the crunch or a year and change. At least you went to Anaheim after that, you ended up with uh, Minnesota and then back in the AHL with the Iowa wild to end your, your playing time here in North America. When you look back at the AHL in general, though, you know, how, how good is this league? We hear so, so much about how it's the second best league in the world. How good is the AHL and how critical is it for, for NHL teams to, to really put a focus on, on the AHL? I've, I've, I enjoyed my time in the AHL. I think it was very, very instrumental for my development and making sure that I was, you know, NHL ready, you know, ready to play uh, with, the big clubs. I think teams got to do a very good job. There's a lot of teams that do a good job of, you know, 
I guess, molding their players in the minor leagues and then bringing them up and then they seamlessly fit in and there's not as much of a transition period because they've played their time and they've done the systems in the AHL. So it's definitely a positive thing. It's, you know, there are the players that make it directly to the NHL and they don't have that uh, transition period and they just jump right in. But for a lot of players, everyone develops at different stages and is ready at different times. So as far as developing, you know, your young athletes, I think the AHL, there's really not much better place to do it. And it just seems like teams are putting more and more investment into that each and every year, which is certainly great to see. And we've seen that in Syracuse for such a long time now. Uh, You finish up in North America. You played this past season, an unusual year for everyone, obviously, with with COVID and and, uh, the challenges that presented for for teams here, for teams overseas. But you went overseas. You played in Sweden for uh, this past season. What was the overseas uh, experience like for you? I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Um, one thing too, that made it even, I guess, better is I'd played with a lot of players before, um, that were on the team, you know, a couple, I played with one in college, uh, played against one in college and then juniors. I'd played with a guy, uh, actually, uh, Hutchins who played with Syracuse for a brief moment as well, before I think he went to Rochester, he was in Syracuse. So I had played with him before. So like I knew people before I went over and it just made the experience that much better. But I also just enjoyed being in a different country, kind of, I guess just opening my eyes to see what it was like. And to, I think everybody had, or at least I did have a preset thought of what, you know, the hockey was going to be like in Europe. And it definitely surprised me. And, you know, it was, it was really good hockey. I just wasn't sure. How much, I, I like with a year like that, how much were you able to do away from the rink or was it kind of locked down and you couldn't quite enjoy the, you know, the experience maybe as you would have in a normal year? Yeah, you definitely didn't get to experience the, the exact same way, uh, especially when we talk about the European teams over there and their fan base and how I would say their fan base is a little bit different uh, with the chants and the cheering and like just the way they the way they cheer on uh, their sporting events. I wish that's the one thing I wish I really would have gotten to see full on, but obviously they still showed an amazing amount of support, even though, you know, there wasn't allowed, they weren't allowing fans uh, in the rink. But I think overall, you know, my time in Sweden was actually really, it was really positive. And, you know, who knows? I mean, this opportunity came for me um, with Seattle. But again, I went over to Sweden to get another job. That was my main focus. Yeah. Oh, you go there. You had a good year. And like you said, the Seattle opportunity comes. So you you did end up retiring from from pro hockey. What what went into that decision to to make the switch? You know, how how much did you wrestle with it? What what went into the decision for you? I don't think I mean, I obviously I took the time, you know, talking to my family, my wife and, you know, just weighing out the pros and cons. And I think, you know, obviously the end all result was there was a lot more positives for me to, you know, make the switch now and to join this organization from the start and, you know, wanting to be a part of it versus, you know, trying to play a couple more years and seeing where things went. Um, I think the end all was I, I was satisfied with my hockey career that I wasn't leaving anything on the table. I think I could have played a few more years. Sure. But at the same time, you know, I was satisfied and, you know, talking with my family and going overseas for four months was, was tough without them. So I think there's just a lot of things, especially COVID kind of helped speed things along as well. But I definitely, you know, think I made the right decision and I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Was that the hardest part though, without the family coming over just to, to be away from them for so long? Yeah. 
it's a, you know, we're used to going on the road for a week or for maybe 10 days away from your family, but to go for four months is a little bit different, you know, right away, you kind of get the same, like your excitement, but then as you, as the season progresses and as the time goes on, you know, it definitely weighs on you a little bit, not to be around your family, especially, you know, having two young kids, you miss out on a lot by not being there, even though it's only four months, it's still, you know, a long time, you know, in their development. Uh, well, it's good that you're able to get all back together now as you, you head to Seattle, as uh, you get ready for the start of uh, the Seattle Krakens season. Uh, we know Seattle is obviously a very uh, progressive organization with uh, everything they've done. A big, something that you've obviously been very passionate about, uh, especially, you know, more recently, but throughout the course of your career has been, you know, kind of diversity in high hockey and, and where it is and where it needs to go. So where do you see it now current, you know, in the game today, the diversity and, and where it needs to be in the future? I mean, I think there's, we're definitely making strides in the game. Uh, there's obviously a lot more work to do, but you know, there's definitely positive steps. I mean, even just some of the committees that the NHL has put together, um, I'm on the NHL's fan inclusion committee. So they're just the steps that I guess weren't there when I came into the league are now here and we're making the process um, or the transition to start, you know, diversifying the game more and more. And we know that there's more to do but it's a good starting point. Yeah, it, it, for sure. It's, it's been great to see how, how much has started to change. And, and like you said, where, where we need to go for sure. And, and we were so, uh, so thrilled to see uh, over the you know last year when the Tampa Bay lightning had their, their all black line start a game, Matthew Joseph, Jamel Smith, and, and Daniel Walcott. What did that mean to you when you, when you saw that last year? Oh, it was awesome. I, you know, definitely sent a message to him and it was something cool to see, you know, obviously, you never know when that was going to happen, if it was going to happen. And, you know, it was, a, I guess, I don't know, I guess maybe a proud moment. He was just happy to see that. And, you know, hopefully that will inspire, you know, the younger generations. And, you know, cause I always like to say that represent representation matters. So when they can see it, uh, you know, they can believe it. And those are three guys who've also come through Syracuse and, and all still in the lightning organization here moving forward. Uh, I know Jim Sorosi and Howard Dolgan have, have picked your brain a bit. Uh, what's it been like to work with them uh, kind of advising a little bit on some of the issues uh, as the crunch look to continue their, their push with the inclusion and, and diversity here in, in Syracuse. You know, I, I really just think it, it shows that they care. Um, you know, they didn't, I'm not in the organization anymore. Right. Like I, wasn't uh i'm not there but they still took the time to reach out to me and to see what i thought and how my to take in my opinion on certain issues or how can you go about certain things in certain ways so you know it definitely shows a lot about their character and how they want you know they want to change they want things to be you know my more diverse and you know, i was just happy that they reached out and more than willing to help them anytime they need yeah it's uh, it's been a great to be a part of this organization for sure currently and, and i'm sure uh, over the years uh, that's uh, that's the sentiment we get from a lot of people uh, who have come here through syracuse jt brown is our guest here on crunch chronicles we uh, we pivot a little bit and, and get into gaming i know last year during the the pandemic we you know the crunch had a little thing i, I think it was i think it was scott Wedgwood and you got a, a game going. Uh, gaming has been a big part of, of your uh, of your away from the rink activities. Uh, you have your t- Twitch stream. Uh, where did that come about, and, and why is why are you so passionate about that? Uh, I think the the start of gaming for me was 
my high school friends, uh, we all went different ways in juniors and then into college. So we were never really in the same city. So that was our way to, to connect and to stay involved, like being around each other. It felt like we were still in the same room, you know, playing the video games like we did in high school. So that's sort of how it all started, but it kind of, I guess it transitioned, like, especially when I started streaming on Twitch, it was more so that fans could see, you know, a different side that they don't get to see. Uh, Hockey is a different sport with the full padding and you can't really get to, to see them versus say like basketball or, uh, you know what I mean? Or baseball where you can see their face. You can kind of get to know them a little bit better. So like being on camera, they can see you. There's just a different side that they get to see of me than, you know, whether it's they're signing an autograph or they're saying hi after the game. Um, it's just gave a, a different side. And uh, there actually was a guy that I played from Syracuse, a fan, and we're actually good friends and he, I'm undefeated against him in Madden. So I, <laughs> if he's listening, Mike, this is for you. I'm putting you out there that I am undefeated in Madden against uh, you. Oh, oh boy. All right. Well, we'll, uh, I guess we'll, I don't know who to root for in that. We kind of want these crunch fans to have some success, but I don't know. You're probably pretty good too. So, uh, well, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll try to connect with him and get an update here throughout the course of the year. Are you going to be able to continue uh, doing all this stuff with uh, with your Seattle stuff now, or is that kind of put on the back burner a little bit? Um, I mean, as of right now, it's it's been kind of pushed back a little bit, especially with moving and my training that I have to do, but it's something that I still want to continue to do. Um, I usually uh, streaming around once a week, so I should be able to find, you know, that time we do go on the road um, as well. So the same kind of setup as I normally would do. Um, it is something that's special to me. It's my I guess my relaxation, even though sometimes my wife's like, how do you say it's your relaxation? You're always in the basement screaming at somebody <laughs> like, like, well, you know, I died in a, a suspect way. I'm, I'm not going to say they were cheating, but they might've been cheating. So <laughs> again, it's, it's just a, it's a, a way to relieve stress and to kind of just, I don't know, take a, take a step back and just kind of for me to decompress. So that's why video games have always been important for myself too. I hear you. That, that, I mean, it sounds like a, a fun way to, to go about doing it. No doubt about that. Uh, JT, before we let you go, I, I know we talked a lot about uh, your time with the crunch. We kind of uh, covered everything, but uh, maybe one final thought on, on your time here and, and just the, what it meant to you to, uh, to play in front of the, the fans here in Syracuse and to, to put on that crunch sweater. It was, it was definitely special. Um, again, I wish we could have, we could have won when we had uh, the chance, but you know, I'll forever be grateful for my time that I, I spent in Syracuse, got to meet a lot of amazing people. And, you know, again, like I said, I cherish that. Well, JT, we appreciate the time here today. Uh, thanks for doing this again. Uh, great to hear that you, you've got all moved out to Seattle. You're all settled in there and, uh, and best of luck here this upcoming season and moving forward with the Kraken. <laughs> Thank you very much. We thank JT Brown once again for giving us some time here as the offseason winds down. And we know his his schedule is really going to get very busy here very quickly as as hockey season really gets ramped up now. Training camps getting ready to get underway. Development camps are opening up across uh, across hockey these days. And so Brown will be uh, very busy with the Seattle Kraken as he gets ready to get going in his first season as the color commentator for that expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. Very excited for him and for that organization but a very nice conversation with JT about a whole lot of uh, topics uh, about his time in Syracuse his time in hockey uh, and what he is doing now an area we didn't get to talk with JT Brown about because really the news had not uh, broken yet 
and it has only just been announced over the last week or so, is that JT Brown has decided to pledge his brain to science uh, in terms of all the concussion-related injuries and and what that might do on, on the brain and and all of that. So that, that just came out uh, about a week or so ago uh, that he has decided to pledge his brain to science. Uh, and it's it's obviously a great thing for science, and, and it's a real noble uh, effort by J.T. Brown uh, as he pledges his brain to the, the concussion research uh, as that continues to move forward. We've seen uh, players in other sports do that, and, and now J.T. Brown taking the jump uh, to pledge his brain to concussion research. We would have loved to have uh, asked him about that, but uh, it came out just a few days after we had our conversation with J.T. Brown. So uh, that is something to take note of as well. Uh, he has been a very active player you know a very solid player on the ice throughout the course of his career and he's become a very active player off the ice as well you heard in our conversation uh the discussion about you know, race and and how you know he provided some feedback and, and advice to uh, the crunch organization over the last year or so as well so uh, we certainly appreciate everything jt brown uh brought to syracuse in his time here as a player and what he continues to provide the game now away from the rink as well We'd love to hear from you if you have any stories about J.T. Brown or have any experience with him during his time here in Syracuse, his year in a month or so, or uh, in the time since then, whether it was in Tampa Bay or any other stops at his career. Maybe, as you heard him allude to in, in our interview as well, maybe maybe a game with him. You've played online, uh, uh, whether you've watched his Twitch streams or whatever it might be. We'd love to hear your J.T. Brown stories and share them here on Crunch Chronicles in the weeks to come. So if you have any of those stories or anything you'd like to share with us, you can always reach out to me via Twitter at Lucas Favalli. You can email me lfavalli at syracusecrunch.com and we'd love to share some of the stories and some of the thoughts that you have about JT Brown or our previous guest Pat Maroon. He was episode one as well. Uh, if you haven't gone back to uh, listen to Pat Maroon yet, feel free to do that as well. Uh, it was a very nice conversation with the now three consecutive Stanley Cup champion Pat Maroon in episode one of Crunch Chronicles. Before we let you run here on Crunch Chronicles, I want to just touch base on a couple of other uh, news and notes for the Crunch. We mentioned development camps uh, opening up across the NHL these days. The Tampa Bay Lightning's development camp, their prospect tournament, uh, will get underway uh, this week down in Tampa Bay. So uh, a lot of players who have either been with the Crunch or will be with the Crunch this upcoming season to keep an eye on there uh, down in Tampa with the Lightning for their prospect tournament. Uh, And then obviously they'll uh, get ready for regular camps and uh, it's hockey season as soon as all of that gets underway. So that's something to keep an eye on. Obviously, during the course of this past week as well, uh, single game tickets for the Crunch went on sale this past Friday. uh, If you're listening to this podcast on time. So single game tickets are available now. If you want to be at Upstate Medical University Arena throughout the course of the season, uh, you now have your opportunity to get those single game tickets. Obviously, all sorts of ticket packages are still available for the crunch as well. But uh, it's it's here. We're a month away uh, inside of a month away now from the crunch's first preseason game and just about a month away from the start of the regular season with the crunch open up against the Cleveland Monsters on the road. That'll do it for us here from Crunch Chronicles, though. Once again, we appreciate JT Brown for joining us. Hope you follow us again next week as we have another great Crunch alum as our next guest on Crunch Chronicles.